2: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and
1: Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Happy Tuesday, everybody. (laughs) How you guys doing? I know. Not dull. Not dull times right now. Ah, the election's coming. (laughs) Seen the debates. Wondering what's coming next. I really can't wait to see Kamala. Uh, at her debate. I think she's going to be phenomenal. I have high hopes. The bar is high. Um, question tonight, Night, as always, is up on our LoveLine IG page. Got a good show planned for you. We're going to be talking about, you know, some ways to kind of start to kind of wrap your head around the upcoming holidays and decrease some of that anxiety, although, well, part of it, part of doing that is us having an awareness of what's to come, starting to digest and get familiar with the idea that the holidays are going very different this year. Again, remember, different doesn't mean bad or wrong. Uh, it's gonna be different, and we gotta get creative. And remember, these holidays aren't real. They're they're social constructions. We made them up. We picked these specific days. We infuse them with certain kind of meaning. We don't have to necessarily honor that every single year. It's okay to say, hmm, it's just another Tuesday, right? We don't have to have feelings of loss associated with a holiday being different or canceled, there's more to come. You can still do it your way. It just has to be a little different. But you know, again, let's not, let's let's right size it. Let's not catastrophize. It's okay if we don't have Halloween this year. It's okay if you know the Christmas season looks different. Like right size it. It's just a day. There's other ways to come together. We can come together again afterwards. So um, we'll be talking about that. And uh, also we're gonna be sitting down with Sheeran Ryan from Let's Go There talking about queer sex, why it's important. Why sex is important. And look, whether it's queer, gay sex, or straight sex, it's still sexuality and everyone relates to these different parts. It's not separate, but yet it is. So we'll talk more about that. Let's get into some news. Um, CDC, they're releasing on-campus guidelines for schools. It should be that it can't happen. Let me answer the question. Where It's not safe to go back to school. Why? Well, the numbers have risen since people have gone back. Um, I don't trust people's ability to follow the rules. I think that social pressure will really weigh heavily on some people and they might break rules that they normally wouldn't. You're setting yourself up to go home and infect family members, it's not safe. And schools know that, but they want the money and that's why they're still bringing you back. It's all about money, trust me. Your safety does not matter to them, the money does first. The, The first job of any institution or system is to maintain itself. Then it looks out for the people. So remember, companies look out for themselves first, then employees and and consumers. But it's always about themselves and and schools are a company. So that's what's going that's what's happening there. CDC says that um they are having outbreaks on campus, no 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 crap. Uh, so they're adding a new approach that could help prevent or reduce the transmission CDC is saying that staff and students between the institutions of higher education, in the community should be given regular serial testing. If they're on campus, the website also notes that contact tracing is important and that students, if positive should remain on campus, quarantining close contacts is necessary. All of that. So you can go to school this fall. It should be delayed all online and or delayed. It'll be okay. It's a pandemic y'all people are dying. Numbers are out of control. We don't need to go to school right now. School secondary. Mental health and public health has to come first. This is ridiculous. Um, also, one in four women are considering changing careers or quitting the workforce due to the pandemic. Uh, all women, black, white, gay, straight, trans, and cis, come on, I need need more information. This doesn't apply to just all women as though these other identities don't matter. They do. Research needs to step it up and get more intersectional. But again, we're just saying women because none of those things apparently matter, which that's racist to say that race doesn't matter. It's homophobic to say that it doesn't matter. Most likely the study was done on white cis hetero people. So there it is. They're considering changing careers or quitting the workforce entirely all due to hardships caused by the pandemic. I get it. Everyone's trying to figure out what they want their future to mean. Get more honest. Get more authentic. This is this is a moment that's bring a lot of people back to basics. And they're like, what do I really want my life to be about? You know? So got my support. Live your life. Focus on happiness and contentment. Job losses, remote learning, overall lack of childcare. Pandemics left many women with quote unquote unique challenges. So the study was done in one in three working mothers are considering changing careers. I love that. Look, I've had some clients telling me that their companies are saying, look, we're learning through this, that people can do their jobs from home. Well, let's let them. If that's something that makes sense to them, give them the option. I don't mind doing most of my work from home. I'm realizing I don't need to be in a you know sound studio to do the radio show. I'm learning I can see a lot of my patients via telemedicine and it's working well. I do wanna go back to some clients in real time in my practice, but we are realizing that a lot of our work can be done online. And so let's let people do that. Stay home, have time with their family, sit in their pajamas and work. You know, we don't necessarily need to go to an office. And because, you know, companies care most about money, we'll save them money. They don't have to have the cubicles, the offices and all these other factors. It's a win-win for everyone. So let's kind of lean into that win. Um, Also, US families say their houses are dirtier than they've ever been before, you think? People are tired, they're not worrying about cleaning. People are home more and longer and more people. So yeah, expect an increase in things like that. My God, according to a new study, 77% of people have noticed that their homes feel dirtier since the pandemic. 59% 59% say they now wash their hands as soon as they walk in the door. 49 clean doorknobs and other high-touch surfaces. 48 take a shower as soon as they get home. Wow. New rules that people have adopted since the pandemic are no eating in front of the TV, no staying up past bedtime, no wet towels or dirty clothes on the floor, and no cell phones at the dinner table. Y'all, I'm here for those changes. All right, coming up next, we're going to be joined by the Let's Go There team to talk about queer sex. Listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, y'all. We're back, and uh, gonna talk about sexuality. Specifically, though, based on a study that looked at the impact of queer individuals not having access to queer affirmative or queer specific sex education, or actually education at all. And uh, we're going to be sitting down with Shira and Ryan from Let's Go There to bust this open. So uh, tell me more about this study and let's kind of talk about the ramifications.
0: Queer people grow up associating queer sex with being shameful, especially if they grew up religious. But how do you unlearn that shame so you can enjoy your sex life? Uh, Obviously, I feel like it's not from my lived experience. I can't necessarily. But I can. So so I'm just going to jump right in. Thank
2: you, Shira, for setting it up. Um, I think this is so interesting, right? This conversation that I don't think a lot of people have and a lot of people in this community really have and this idea of like you know if you grew up so religious or you're growing you grew up being told that who you are is wrong that can create the shame around the future of who you are right the sexuality part the actually learning and being able to accept yourself and I think that's something for me personally that I went through but can you talk a little bit about that kind of how yeah. queer people face that in their journey for listeners that don't know
1: Yeah, I think one of the most disappointing things is how people assume that someone's sexuality, that it matters maybe, but that it's not something that needs to really powerfully be acknowledged or addressed in terms of general self-esteem. But -hmm. I want people to remember that if we're talking about sexuality, if you carry shame or guilt about any aspect of who you are, what arouses you, your sexual anatomy, your sexual identity, that you will have that negatively impact other areas of your life as well. We can't move through the world at our best if we feel shame at our core and I called out all those different levels because when we talk about someone feeling shame because they're queer in a heterocentric culture they're ashamed of who what turns them on they're ashamed of behaviors they engage in they're ashamed of their identity I mean that's a that's a lot of who we are and our worth is reflected back to us and so if you're sitting in sex ed class watching television shows conversations with their friends or family members and everything's and you know it's always about straight people that is going to negatively impact you
0: which is why it's so important to have education for everyone right and about everything versus cutting things out being scared that if you teach someone like you know obviously this idea uh from those who are religious or who are um anti-lgbtq plus like you're feeding that into these kids minds
1: yeah because you don't know who's in front of you You don't know as a teacher, as as a friend at a a birthday dinner, you don't know as a parent, you don't know who your child's going to grow up to be in terms of gender expression and identity and sexuality. And so you want to hold space and and be inclusive for everyone. And that's where like people might be listening going, okay, well, I've done that work or, you know, it's not relevant to me. Well, it is, right? Um, Because we can only feel so good about ourselves if we're living in a world that doesn't acknowledge our worth and existence, right? Yeah. Yep. And this is just human rights conversation, right? It, yeah,
2: it is. It, but I do think it's obviously rooted in the patriarchy, the system that this country is built on, right? In the sense of when you're thinking about the the lack of knowledge that a lot of people have, and when they conflate gender identity and sexual identity, those things are not the same. And there's a lack of knowledge across the board, especially from heterosexual folks, of, as, unless they are engaged in this type of conversation. That is the reason why it keeps fueling kind of even like you know people and men that don't want to explore their sexuality they right. feel like they can't you yeah, know right. how does that really kind of play into this idea as well
1: well i want to speak to the first point you made that i think is really important which is um gender and sexual orientation are two separate things and please don't think that because someone has heterosexual sex that that means their gender expression is cis mm-hmm. and yeah. so if we have to hold we have to hold all of these things and that's why you know again we have to as ryan just point out just get an understanding of the basic vocabulary but know that it is patriarchal and that means it's, it doesn't serve anyone and the work of normalizing queer sex the work of being inclusive around it actually frees all of us because no one's sexuality is completely confined yeah. to just gender-based expression and so it's helping us just normalize all sorts of creative ways of being aroused.
0: Yeah Dr. Chris from Loveline joins us right now as we talk about un- a uh, raveling, a uh, shame around queer sex. And, and as you said, it it ends up moving into other areas of everyone's life. So I feel like a lot of people are doing the soul searching right now. What advice do you have if if someone's diving into that process to really get that freedom, which they oh, deserve? Oh
1: man, know how fragile it can be that our general self-worth is tied to it. So be very thoughtful and careful around who you maybe discuss this and even who you practice some of this with because it's not neutral. When you first start practicing more authentic confident forms of being sexual where maybe you're using, as Ryan pointed out for a hetero identified guy, parts of your body that normally weren't part of sex play because maybe the hetero guy is now exploring anal. Um, be very cautious who you express and share that with. People might be made anxious. They might further shame you and then create more, you know, more of a trauma around it. But you know, queer sex is often sex that's about objects, non penetrative sex things that aren't normally associated with what a cis or man or woman would do. Um, we all kind of could learn a lot from being a little more explorative.
2: In your practice, as a obviously a sex therapist, do you see what kind of religion intersects a lot with your clients?
1: All the time. It's, it's, it's actually quite fascinating, right? Where religion is very present, it's very firm, because it's not this one-off event. It's, an, it's a culture, right, that people are raised in, they're family members. It shows up everywhere, even people that aren't religious, in expressing and talking about their struggles or issues, you'll still hear little little pieces, morals, right? Because I want people to have ethical sex, which means sex that's honest for who they are, sex that doesn't harm themselves or other people that has consent. But I don't want people to be moral because morals are very often tied to religion and they're very often sex phobic. An example would be a woman trying to have really assertive sex and not having to be coy or non-sexual, well, she's trained to believe that that's not going to make a good mother or a good wife. That's moral. That's tied to religion at times. See, this is why this is important stuff. You know, sexuality impacts every part of us. So we're going to keep talking about this stuff, but uh, coming up next, talk about the holidays. Yep. It's going to be different this year, but that doesn't mean it's got to be bad. Listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back and uh, we know it's holiday time. There's a lot of them coming and we're gonna talk about ways to still kind of really engage or be present, acknowledging things have to be different. As I said before, listen, we don't wanna catastrophize. Let's right size it. It's just a day, it's just a holiday. We've had many, we have many more. It's gonna be different. That doesn't mean it's bad. So start to prepare yourself. Start to really acknowledge and share with others. It's not gonna be like it is. Some people are canceling it all together. I think that's the best option. Is We'll all get on the phone, say hello, check in, but let's not force a risk and bringing people together from different places just to say we did it or to feel better because we just did this thing, even though it's high risk. You're putting everyone you invite at risk unless everyone's getting tested. So that's one option. Let everyone get tested right before they come. Bam. Um, For those that are holding it, please hold it outside. I know that that depends on the climate you live in, but if you can outdoors, make sure everyone is wearing a mask. I'd give them a heads up ahead of time. Listen, I'm still having Thanksgiving. Masks will be mandatory. And if not, then this isn't the right place for you for that holiday. Um, Keep it short. Some people have also said things like maybe plate ahead of time. So as to not have people congregating um, at a table together or over a buffet style, plate it ahead of time. Give everyone their plate. They can sit distanced. Look, what's the holiday really about? This is where you put your money where your mouth is. If the holiday is really about being together and spending time with people, well, then you can do that six feet apart, seating spaced, wearing masks. Keep it real. And if that isn't good enough for you, then I want to understand what you really think that day is about. It's not about not wearing masks. It's not about putting people at risk. It's about time together. So spend time together, find alternative ways to do it or get tested. You know, I love this though, but plating everyone's food, avoiding crowding, using disposable utensils, um, I think that's a great thing, right? But let people know what they're stepping into so they're prepared. It's supposed to be fun, right? And I remind people that anytime they throw any kind of party or celebration, remember why we're doing it? Fun. I see people get so stressed. So many fights break out about, is the food ready? And what, what did we forget? Or what got overcooked or burnt? Oh my God. Be in the moment. Just spend time with people. It doesn't matter. Let people bring their own food. You know what I mean? Or like I said, pack it up. Um, keep it short you know, but remember what it's about. And for many, it's about nothing. Like, you know, I'm not sure which holidays I'm going to be honoring this year, but I know I'm not going to be putting myself or others at risk and traveling and going to larger events with more than a couple people. You know, if you live in an area where you can be outdoors, how stunning, you know what I mean? Set up a big circle of the chairs. There's so many ways to make this still work, but again, it's going to be different. Um, And that's that's not a loss. It's not a punishment. See the gift in that feel good about the fact that you're doing this for yourself and others, see the message that I care about you. And that's why we're setting these precautions in place. I turned down a lot of invitations to do a lot of things during the pandemic, because I'm sorry, I know it's your birthday, but mental health and public health come first. I will not be there and I don't think you should be doing that or having people, you know, whatever it is, like it's a little dramatic. Um, I know there's a lot of meaning and value in these celebrations, but um, go to the core of what they're about. Those pieces can still happen. Time together, recognition, love and care. We can find alternative ways to do that. Um, we're not sure when this pandemic's winding down. Like I said, my friend's school, totally online until next July. You know, In some areas like Canada and the UK might be going back under lockdown because schools opening and you know some people's poor behavior just really has led to spikes in the numbers. Oh my gosh, I didn't think we'd be talking about it this long. I really didn't. I thought this would be something we'd be done within a couple months when it first started. So I'm as exhausted as all of you are and I'm tired of you know engaging this and talking about it too, but this is just kind of where we're at. So we gotta gotta show up to the world based on what it's like. So yeah, things would be different. The biggest thing I can say though, is instead of just keep moving all the uh, sing, you know, Titanic's chairs around, knowing we're going down, is just keep reminding yourself and those around you, it's going to be different this year. Start planting seeds and getting very comfortable with that, including Halloween. I know some people are throwing a fit and they're saying we're still doing it. Really, calm down. It's a holiday. Watch a movie and eat some candy and shush. Um, <laughs> anywho, coming up next, DMs and then question of the night. It's up on our Love on a G page, so weigh in on that. Later, we're going to be talking about something that was a little like, huh? Yeah, that's right. There's a pastor. That's right. Dropping their OnlyFans. How do those things intersect? Ah, We're going to talk about it. Listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, y'all. We're back. Time to slide into those DMs.
0: Sliding into the DMs.
1: Sliding Your DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sex world. We want you to explore the confidence. Here we go. Hey, Dr. Chris. I feel like I've been coronavirus shamed. I mean, again, these new terms, <laughs> skulcation, coronavirus shamed, um, eh, maybe not so much. Since things have started to open up in my neighborhood, I've been going out. I always wear a mask, bring hand sanitizer, but I'll admit, I go out all the time. I've lost friends because they think I'm not being safe, but the truth is I am. I just don't wanna sit in the house all day like everyone else. I've gotten tested 10 times, damn, that's real. Wow, that is cautious. And I've come back negative each time and I'll continue to get tested, but I've literally lost friends because I think I'm being reckless. I just don't want to stop living because of this thing. But is that really wrong? I mean, look, this is where it's a dual edged thing. On one hand, you, you know, harm reduction and that's what you're doing. You're saying it's not completely safe. And I hope you do know that it's not because you're getting tested. Great. But that doesn't mean you can't become positive. And so you're reducing the harm as much as you can to try to prevent that, but that's still possible because you're going out, right? So everyone at some point around sex and other infections and, and uh, bacterial and viral things, we have to decide the level of risk we're willing to take, right? So there's that personal one. And that's generally how it is in the world, right? It's just you against yourself, but we're in a pandemic. So that means your decisions impact others and you do need, you do need to take that into consideration, right? But it sounds like you are. I know that there's a lot of projection going on and I've caught myself doing it as well where you know, we see others doing something and it reminds us of how hard it's been, but we're trying to stay put and follow the rules. And so we start to project a lot of frustration on the other as opposed to using it towards ourselves to feel really good and proud of the fact that we're looking out for others and those we care about. So it's a dual-edged sword. Yeah, these friends are really uncomfortable with what you're doing. They think that you're putting a lot of people at risk. They think that you're participating in what's creating rising numbers. And on one hand, you are. We're being told to stay home as much as possible. Uh, Things opening up doesn't mean the pandemic's over. Things opening up doesn't mean it's safe. Things are opening up because people's careers, jobs, and the finances and the economy are tanking. And they're trying to support that. So please don't think things are opening up because it's safe. Numbers are still high. And there's a lot of places that are open and super spreading sites. So you are still putting yourself at risk. You know that. That's why you keep getting tested. You're still putting others at risk. You know that. That's why you're wearing a mask and getting tested. But you're comfortable with that. They're not. And so I don't think that they should cut you out of their lives. But I do understand where it's frustrating and it's hard for them to participate, celebrate, or like a post you're putting up about why you're out. So it's really a conversation that you need to have with your friends. Like, hey, guys, can we talk more about your thoughts versus my thoughts? Because we see it a little differently. Um, But this is a really polarizing issue. And I've personally been disappointed in some people that are living life like there's not a pandemic happening because that's a risk. That's a risk for me, and that actually delays my ability to fully participate in the world as well. And so you have to deal with it is the answer you got to deal with it you're, you're you're taking risky move you're making risky moves and that's up to you but your friends are allowed to have thoughts about it because it impacts them period it does. It's like anything else I'm upset that people aren't and more environmentally focused because how others treat the environment impacts my own air quality, et cetera et cetera et cetera um, and so I'm bummed out with people that aren't environmentally focused it impacts my, my future children and their children you know so that's a big deal. And we're needing to take more responsibility for how we impact others. Your friends have more of a collective consciousness. You're thinking more individually. You said, I don't want to. Well, maybe think more about others. You know, So you don't have my support in what you're doing. I am glad, though, that you're trying to be harm reductive. That's the best act of care and compassion, reducing the harm as much as possible. But it's not down to zero. And they have thoughts about that. And you need to face the outcome of your behavior. That's just kind of how it is right now. Slide in the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sex world. We want you to explore with confidence. I love this next topic. We're going to be talking about sex positivity in Christianity. Oh, that's right. Listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on radio.com. All right, y'all, we're back. And uh, before we get to the main topic I wanted to talk about, which is a pastor now dropping in OnlyFans, I wanted to just give a quick shout-out to Chrissy Teigen and John Legend. Uh, they had a miscarriage last week, and I wanted to just send my condolences. Death is a really hard thing to encounter, especially at a time right now. I'm also really glad that Christy is getting people more familiar and, and starting to be a little more expressive about miscarriages. Is it something that people really don't necessarily put out there talk about. It leaves people feeling disconnected and vulnerable. And the reason why they don't is because of a lot of the things that's happening right now. Chrissy's getting a lot of really painful vitriol shouted back at her around her miscarriage. It's quite disgusting. Um, if you have nothing supportive or loving to say, shut up. There's nothing constructive in attacking her. It's quite gross. And that's kind of showing why it's important that people like her are coming forward and talking about things like miscarriages. So many normal human experiences are cloaked in shame and darkness because we're afraid of just being fully human. And why we're anxious, again, is shown in a lot of people's commentary. Like your name and your face are on your social media and you're targeting people. Not that it would be any better if it was more anonymous or confidential, it's gross. Y'all think that you have a right to comment really grossly on people's lives when they're doing nothing wrong, it's impacting no one else because you have access to them on social media. That's one of the darker sides of social media. And I've started to run mine differently. There's a lot of people that follow my work and they engage me and I'm there for that and I'm there to hear their thoughts. But if I don't know you and you're dropping horrible comments on my page, you're gone. I block you. No one has a right to have access to my page. It's, it's a privilege and I'll take that away if you don't know how to act right. Like I don't run my social media neither does Christy Teagan to set ourselves up for people's crap. That's not what it's about. You are, we are welcoming you into our lives. We're letting you be a part of it. And if you don't know how to treat that with respect, you're blocked. I, I don't give a crap how many followers I have. I will block people because it's my mental health. And I have a right to be treated with care and compassion. My work is about, like Chrissy's trying to make the world better, trying to bring humor and joy, trying to educate, trying to unlearn some problematic things. So anyway, I'm not always a fan of everything Chrissy's doing, but um, generally I think that the stuff she's trying to do directly and indirectly is pretty, pretty darn important, you know? So this topic's quite juicy. Here's the headline. A pastor comes out as bisexual and then joins OnlyFans to live out her stripper dreams. Yep, that's right. People leave the church sometimes, but we weren't expecting this double whammy. Now, what's interesting is her journey is one of her own life, really calling out her anti-Christian beliefs, her hate and violence towards others. So she served as pastor of a church in, what was it, Minnesota? Minnesota? Minnesota, yeah. And uh, she told the New York Post that maintaining her position became tough after she realized she was bisexual. This is a couple years ago. And here's her quote, I was like, oh gosh, I don't think I'm straight, rocked my world. I knew if I revealed my queerness, I would lose it all because the church is not welcoming to queer people. So she stopped going to church entirely, came out publicly on YouTube. I'm proud of her, do your thing, live your life. Respectability politics, we, you, have, you deserve respect no matter what you're doing. Whether you're bisexual, creating an OnlyFans and using your erotic capital and sexuality to build a brand and to make money, props. Live your life, girl, got my support. And uh, the church isn't a safe place to do that. So you had to bounce. There's also space for staying in the church and creating change. That's why I'm trying to possibly stay in the U.S. if Trump's elected to help create change here and not just leave every time there's a little bit of a struggle. But I know it's safer for someone like me to do that. She's she's cis and she's white. Um, So I appreciate that it's easier for her to come forward to something like this. But I'm glad she did. And I'm down with the OnlyFans thing. You know, here's another quote from her. She said... um, Where's the quote begin? Uh basically, when asked about her desire to become a stripper since she was young, but yet she had a conservative upbringing, she said her love of performing. That's why she decided to originally become a pastor. I didn't realize that there was such a performative aspect, although now that I think about it, there absolutely is. I love this I love this quote as well. So she was talking about her first nude photo shoot, and this is a quote. She said, I cried. I never felt more holy and sacred in my life. I never felt more sexy and liberated than I did then. Here's the thing: the sex phobes and the people that are, you know, body negative, they're so afraid. Afraid of the body and seeing it and being aroused and having desire um, that they try to shame it and hide it. And they're the ones that have created this, the idea that, you know, being sexually empowered is so liberating because you shame it and you try to hide it. That inherently then makes the engagement of it liberating. If you want people to stop using it to liberate themselves, let people just live that way. And that removes the power and the liberatory process that it can provide. Right? So you're creating your own worst enemy by trying to shame it and hide it. Again, it becomes then a tool for liberation to push back and oppose that. The rebellion in itself is created by those that are trying to take it away, shame it, and hide it. So this is the response to what you're creating. That's why the WAP video, um, props, female sexual empowerment for women, by women. It wasn't uh, done under the male gaze. It wasn't for men. You could tell it was for women for their own empowerment. And if you think that is scary and inappropriate, it's not for you. But in fact, it actually is. If that kind of stuff scares you, please see more of it. Please realize that that's an area of growth for you, that you need more confidence and, and, and ability to be encountering such things. That's where your work lies. Don't live in your, in your comfort. Right? When I'm training therapists, one of the acts of becoming a sex therapist is this thing called a SAR, sexual attitude reassessment. And we look at all types of pornography to see the kinds of sexuality that we have anxiety or shame around so that we don't project that onto our clients and we work on developing confidence and neutralizing that so that no form of sexual or body expression panics you. And you're just kind of like, ah, I can sit in this material. I can hear this. I won't judge it. I won't shame it. I won't project my own stuff on my client. I can be present with it. We all need that. So until we have it integrated fully in, we will need strippers and sex workers and porn. It'll be, it's a counterbalance. It's what balances out how imbalanced we are. And if everyone was more balanced with it, those things wouldn't exist. With those terms, it would just be part of life. It would just be dancing. And sometimes dancing is more erotic and new, and other times it isn't. But it exists in its own isolated space because of how shamed it is. Stop compartmentalizing and it won't have so much power. You know, it's your own doing. Those that are, you know, sex and body negative. Because sex positivity is about including the sexual body. Seeing it, nudity, and encountering eroticism. That's part of body positivity. It's often left out, yet again, because of how sexually anxious phobic we are. Sex negativity needs to be brought into every space. So anyway, important stuff being done. All right, y'all, question of the night. Get in on that. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back and uh, we're going we're gonna to get kinky. It's funny. So a lot of research out there and some of the porn search engines will give us research and data on what are the key terms that are most You know, utilized, what is the kind of themes and topics that are most sought out? And never, ever, ever, ever is it the vanilla stuff. And these search engines have a lot of data because they are accessing information from around the world. So we're talking millions upon millions of users every day that they're collecting data from. That is massive because most people, especially male identified people use porn. And so it's a beautiful access. Women love porn and use porn too. Women also love sex. Women are not non-porn users. Women are not only receivers or passive sexually. Nope. They can be hypersexual and aggressive. Um, and the, the key search terms aren't vanilla basic ones, right? We've said this. It's not, you know, husband and wife married and in love having sex in their bed on Sunday, after showering in missionary smiling. That is not a key search term that's ever used. It's always kinky stuff. The bulk of us are kinky, why? Well, creative diversity is what is exciting to us. Novelty and newness is what is most sexually arousing. Again, we don't eat the same meals, watch the same films, have the same conversations. It gets boring, sex tends to be that way too. So kinkiness is a huge aspect of who we are. For the LGBTQIA community, Kink is and different sexuality has been the norm and the standard. What I mean by that is when a community is exploited or marginalized, like the LGBTQIA community, they develop their own norms and standards. And right now, a lot of people are pushing back on homonormativity, which is the idea that gays are just like and should act like straights. And the gay world is saying we are our own population and community. We have our own norms and rituals. We don't want to blend in and become straight people. Y'all aren't doing it better or right We want to continue to do it our way. We want to be seen as valid and equal, but like we are different. We have our own standards, which is what's coming from the indigenous populations and the black populations and other people of color. They're saying, look, we don't want to get colonized. We want to go back to our roots, to our languaging, our terms, our hairstyles, our customs, our fashions, our food, our cuisine, our art. I love that. White, cis, hetero shouldn't be the standard that we're all trying to climb towards. It's about going backwards to our truth and authenticity. Gay people use sexuality as a way to socialize, to make friends, to have all different kinds of creative ways of being. It's not the same standard straight idea of, oh, you're friends or you're having sex, and if you're having sex or dating, it's working towards relationship. No, sometimes it's for fun, sometimes it's for entertainment, and these need to be honored and valued, and some people's identity is tied to their kink. They're into pot play. Right? or they're into the leather community, and that's where they've built their friends and their family, and they, and they wear the clothing, and they use the terminology, and they use the labels, and that's an important part of their self-esteem and their self-worth, right? That's how they access the world. That's where their growth and transformation comes from. Sex, for a lot of people, is where they do their self-care. It's how they transform themselves. It's how they work on self-esteem. You can do it via your career, via your gym body. We're comfortable with all that. Your identity being tied to being a lawyer, Or your your abs that you flaunt in our face and in every post as soon as you can. Well, for some people, for them, that's their sexuality and they want to lead with that, talk about that, and express that. And that's just as valid as you wanting to post nonstop pictures about you being a mother and your baby and a little photo saying three years old today. Awesome, do your thing. But for some people, that's that part of them is their sex. We also have terms like sex geeks, which are people that are into sex and sexuality and human sexuality and they read the books and and they're in it. It's a hobby for them, it's a pastime. I love that. They read these books. They start these blogs. It's awesome stuff. But the point of all this is they want inclusion in the LGBTQIA parade and maybe even in that long acronym. They're saying this is an important part of who I am and that should be brought in. But there's other gay people, often people from the older generations, that are trying to water down sex because they're saying it makes us a target. It makes us less um, desirable. It makes us you know, less appropriate. And these people like myself who are sex positive are saying, we're not gonna follow the rules of white cis hetero culture so they'll accept us in, F that, we aren't part of that, we don't wanna be part of that, we don't need to be part of that, this is who we are, this is what we do, and we want respect and validation because we are inherently worthy of that as people. And we wanna see that represented. It's not just about being of color and this different sexual orientation or gender expression. What we are aroused by and turned on by sexually for some people is their identity, is where their self-worth is clued in, is their chosen family is their social identity and how they socialize. And you'll see that at some of these specific bars. I love it. I'm glad that everyone can find a place where they can connect and where they can find what makes sense to them. I've done that in the world through my sex therapy, being a sex therapist and a sexual health and rights activist and a reproductive reproductive justice activist and my feminism. That's given me my entry point into the world, my self-esteem. It's my work, it's my career, it's my livelihood. All of it's tied in there. So Kink is something I want people to be more proud of, more able to talk about, because in doing so, it'll normalize it. Everyone will realize we all are. And people start to challenge themselves to tap in and explore. Because people that are listening saying, now nah, I'm really vanilla and basic, I don't believe that. I think that you are trapped in your gender norms, how you feel about your body, how, because you think what it means to be a mother or a wife or a professor, or we're afraid of being called a sex addict or a slut. All these different forces trap us and keep us away from our truth. And the more we see others living theirs, the more we can realize that might be us or it inspires and motivates us to live our truth. It's beautiful, important work, and we need more of it. All right, coming up next, question of the night. So still some time to weigh in on that. Then of course, we'll be sliding to some DMs. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, y'all, time for question of the night. Yeah, I told you I love this segment because I never know what I'm going to get. Okay, according to PIX11, here are five weird ways to reduce stress. Love this. Let's check these out. Five weird ways to reduce stress. Ready? Number one, walking backwards. I actually was doing that as part of this home workout thing, running backwards. I'm telling you, we never really do it. And it's very awkward when you're trying to just, in a very directed, strategic way, walking backwards. And I think the beautiful stress-reducing component of that is probably that you're distracted. So it becomes a form of mindfulness, no thought, because you're so focused on one object, which is what happens when you do meditation on a mantra or an image. Uh, or, or more somatic base is you're focused on something, which removes your ability to focus on other things. Because again, we can't multitask. We know that you cannot multitask. You can't hold two things at once with full attention um, and energy directed towards it. We can't. We're transitioning then back and forth and it reduces our ability to be present with either. Things fall through the cracks, right? So um, walking backwards, one of the weird ways to reduce stress. Also, take a dollar bill, put it on a random car with a note with positive affirmations on it, then watch the person pick it up and smile. That's actually really beautiful. <laughs> I'm sorry, that just warmed my heart. We're so eager and comfortable criticizing. I want to get more familiar with compliments. I think that's so stunning. Take a dollar bill. That's the odd part, though. Like I don't. I'll take the compliments. I don't know that I need like a five spot with it. Or maybe you do, and then the person's getting coffee. Maybe you, you close it out. And with this five dollar bill, please get yourself a coffee. Just be just be appropriate with those compliments okay uh other weird ways to reduce stress remove all the eggs from a carton replace them with peeps and watch your roommate open the box and laugh my god I never would have thought of that. Let's not eat eggs. That's animal violence. Okay. Also, make a list of everything you're ashamed of. Shred it, put it in a balloon, and let it go. Ah. Let's also not do that because those balloons land in random places. Animals choke on them. It's actually just a litter thrown up in the air that drops somewhere. It goes in the oceans. Let's not do that. I know, right? I know. I'm sorry. I'm the buzzkill. I'm a feminist buzzkill, but that's part of being an activist. Okay. And finally, use chalk to write positive messages for people walking by your home. See, that that one, I love it, warms my heart. So question of the night is, what are some weird ways you relieve stress? Oh, don't let me down, y'all. First person said sex. That's not weird. It's not, it is for some. Sex is a great way to self-soothe. Sex is a great way to relieve stress. It is a self-care act, just like meditation, yoga, and reading. It's all right brain, it's all somatic. Sex, masturbation, all those things, beautiful. I love that you do that. Weird way to relieve stress. Someone else said bake and eat it. I'm into that. I thought... (laughs) I guess some people bake for others. I have a friend who's a big baker baker. He eats all of it. Stress reduction. It's a mindful experience. He gets lost in the excitement of these new recipes, these new flavors. I love that. I want to get more into baking. Yeah. It's, it's more, it's, you know, baking is more specific than cooking. Cooking, you can just throw a pinch of this, a pinch of that. Baking is more about specific measurements often and time in the oven. Anywho, a uh, question of the night is, what are some weird ways you relieve stress? Someone else said weed and meditation. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Uh, medicinal marijuana use states that it's legal. Get up in on that. It's great for anxiety and depression. Uh, other weird ways to relieve stress. Love these. Someone said uh, painting my nails, talking and singing to my plants. It's like we are the same person. You should see me. I, I play music and I kind of sing and kind of not dance, but embody it a little bit and uh, sing it to my cat. I talk to my plants, but my cat as well, you know, energy. Okay, uh, question like, what are some weird ways you relieve stress? Someone said eating really messy and not caring. For some reason, It's super satisfying. Oh, I love that, right? Forget respectability politics. There's no right way to eat. The right way to eat is the way that makes me enjoy it most. And that's sloppy. I'm here for that. I'm here for that. Especially right now, we're dropping the bar. It's corona, pandemic. Dropping the bar, lowering the expectations, focusing on joy and pleasure. You eat that food and you get those stains. That's why they have bleach. That's why they have you know, that oxygen cleaner, which works really well. What are some weird ways to relieve stress? Someone said pictures and videos of puppies and kittens. Again, we are twins. My account is generally these days just cat and animal videos. And my IG, Lil Nugget Stevie. Go to that IG, at little, L-I-L, Lil Nugget Stevie. That's my cat. Awesome bids. <laughs> Someone else said, uh, weird ways to relieve stress, repotting my plants. Or just purchasing plants, bringing plants in, right? Surrounding yourself with more environmentalism, right? Reconnecting to the earth, grounding ourselves, stunning. Reminder, get your bare feet out on the grass, not pavement, not concrete natural based materials get those feet out there on that in the dirt on the sand we need it question of the night what are some weird ways to relieve stress someone said video calls reading movie scripts with friends oh i love that i never thought to do that reenact things you can get these scripts online they're made available i love that absolutely love that well done y'all um and that's why I love this question. The answer is as you're hearing, there's so many diverse, creative ways to relieve stress. And they're not always, self care is not always, you know, about a bath and candles. And I think that's what people get hung up on. Uh, self care is anything that grounds you and makes your mental health feel better, taking time away from your phone. Not watching the news, setting boundaries with friends or family members, not leaving the house for the day, wearing only things that feel good on your body, which is all I do anymore. I won't wear things that are too tight or uncomfortable or stiff. All I do is wear sweatpants. It's all I've worn everywhere I go. If I can't wear sweatpants, I don't have any business being there. It's not healthy for me right now. I want to be comfortable. I want to feel safe, you know? And that's what self care is about. You know, what we're eating, what we're around, what we're listening to, what we're hearing, what we're seeing. Check in on all the senses. What are you smelling? For some people, it's essential oils. I was sharing on a podcast that I love grapefruit essential oil I rub it in my hands a couple drops and smell it and get it online or at a health food store 100% grapefruit oil put a smile on my face it's delicious it brings me joy you know what I mean same thing when I'm eating fruit I'm peeling a lemon or I'm gonna eat a, a, a mandarin I smell the smell on afterwards on my hands getting messy getting back to realness Ah, I'm all about this stuff anyway question of the night for tomorrow is up on our LoveLine IG page in the story so And on that also drop us some DMS our question uh, our DMS come from our LoveLine IG page drop your questions in there and for those that want to hear some old school Loveline, it's a podcast at wearechannelq.com. And my other streaming show, I'm listening live. That's on all the radio.com handles, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. So check that out. All right, y'all. We'll be back. you listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right. Time to slide into those DMs.
0: Sliding into the DMs.
1: Sliding the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sex world. We want you to explore with confidence. The DMs come from our Loveline IG page, so uh, drop on in there with your questions. We get to them, we really do. We read them, we listen. Uh, Here we go, someone says, hey Dr. Chris, so my girlfriend and I moved in together at the beginning of quarantine. I'm telling you, this is how a lot of stories begin. (laughs) When I hear that I go, all right, are either gonna tell me something really beautiful or it's gonna be a rough ending? It was all great, here it comes. But then about a month ago, I don't know, we just got sick of each other. We decided she should move back to her parents because we love each other, but we realized that maybe all this stress isn't good for us right now. But now I feel like if we ever try to move in again, the same thing will happen. Should we just quit while we're ahead? I love the honesty in this because I hear the honesty in your relationship. I think it's important for couples to try things and to be able to say, hey, that wasn't maybe the best move. Let's make an alternative move, right? So you guys thought, hey, move in. We'll give this a shot, right? The world's burning down around us. Let's cohabitate, save some money, you know, be each other's support. And then you realize it wasn't working out. I do, it's tough because on one hand, I am blaming a lot of things that are going on right now. Uh, You know, I'm contextualizing it and I'm realizing COVID and a lot of other things are going on around us and that's gonna impact. So I do wanna put some pressure on that, that you guys are maybe trapped together in a small dwelling around the clock. That is not gonna be healthy or sustainable for any couple. Some people are thriving in that, great. But for most of us, that's not gonna work. And so I think it's okay to try it again, realizing that we, we change and grow all the time. And so I think it's, uh, well, let, me, let me go back and say again, I think it's awesome that you both are in the kind of relationship that was safe enough to say, hey, listen, I don't think this is working. Is it possible to maybe have you move back to your parents and see if that space helps us? And I think it will, and, I, and I'm assuming it did. And you're both gonna grow from that. And you're going to learn what worked when you lived together and what didn't. And maybe when you move in together again, if you choose to do that, you'll say, let's make sure we do this. Let's make sure we don't do that. But wait to move in together again when the world's opened back up. And that means you'll both be going to work, maybe going to the gym, maybe going to a coffee shop, seeing friends separately, seeing friends together, going on date nights, like all these things that become buffers and and joys and distractions. We need those things. We don't have them right now. And so... You can't look at your level of functioning right now or at any time and say that's how it will always be. Quarantine or otherwise, it not working out living together could be a symptom of something else. Because there are people that try to live together in non-quarantine times, right? And it doesn't go well, and then later they come back together and it does because of maturity. Other life changes, realizing we need maybe more time apart or more time together because it's that happy balance. You need to be together enough where you feel safe, close, connected, and attached, but you also need to be separate enough where you have your own separate life and don't feel smothered or fused. And we don't have access to that right now. So well done. Keep the conversation going. I love the transparency. I love the safety that both of you weren't feeling as though you had to break up because moving in wasn't the right decision. I think that is a stunning example for all of us. But please don't panic and assume that to live together again would be the same thing. So, no, you do not need to break up. Um, you can move in together again. But just talk about what worked and what didn't, knowing that we're always changing and it'll feel different and hopefully feel better when the world is all better. Right. And then that's what's so difficult with the people in my practice is it's really hard to suss out what would be a baseline if we haven't worked prior versus what's just truly a result of what's happening around us, which is massive. I don't want us to undermine the power of what's happening around us because we're getting familiar with it. And that familiarity is what's leading to people taking some risks. Also the burnout, right? And everyone has different needs mentally. And so not everyone can be expected to follow the same exact protocol. But we're doing our best, so well done. Slide in the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sex world. We want you to explore with confidence. That is our show. Old episodes of Loveline are at wearechannelq.com, and also my live stream show. I'm listening live. That's every Thursday night, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on all the radio.com handles, uh, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And you can also go there to check out past episodes. It's really great stuff. It's always a celebrity and an expert talking about COVID, but more importantly, mental health, getting us familiar, hearing about it, talking about it, engaging it, you know, recognizing it. That's the work. It's always gonna be the work, but especially right now. Also, Question of the Night, as always, is up on our Love on IG page, so weighing on that for tomorrow's show. Y'all, thanks for sticking by me. I've stuck by you. (laughs) I'm here every night. Um, Check out my books, Rebel Love and Sex Outside the Lines. It'll do you some good. And as always, y'all, thanks for hanging out with me, and you have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your night.